Welcome to the Coaching Through Chaos podcast, helping you conquer the chaos in your life. Your host is licensed marriage and family therapist, Dr. Colleen Mullen. Dr. Colleen has been doing what she does for almost two decades. She's a private practice owner, a chaostician, a magazine columnist, a best-selling author, and her work or writing has been featured on countless websites. Listen in as she brings you experts in the psychology of life. They may be New York Times bestseller, key players in their profession, or people who have overcome tremendous obstacles in life and are here to share their story to help you live your best life. Let's get to it. Stay tuned for our next Chaos Crushing Guest. Here is your host, Dr. Colleen Mullen. Hi, and thanks for joining me today, especially today, because, oh my gosh, we have so much going on, so much literal chaos going on all around us, no matter where we are right now. And I do hope that wherever you are listening from, you are taking care of yourself to get through all of this. Maybe joining me today to listen to this episode and taking the time out of your life is your way of taking a break from it all to maybe learn some tips that can help you get ahead in your own life. If you're into business podcasts, you may already know today's guest. Luann Nigara is sort of larger than life in her personality and all that she does. Luann hosts the Well-Designed Business Podcast. She also hosts live events for the people that follow her and know her work. She speaks at major trade shows and conventions. And she's taken her knowledge of the interior design business and put it down on paper, helping other people understand just the world of running a business better. And that book is also titled The Well-Designed Business. But you need to know that Luann is not an overnight success story. She made a decision when she was 18 that she was going to get more out of her life professionally. And she has now been in business for over 30 years as the co-owner with her husband of Window Works in New Jersey. She's learned so much about business along the way. Join me as we shift right into this interview. Luann, your podcast is great for supporting people in the interior design business, but your book that's come out, The Well-Designed Business, is great for anybody looking to start a new business or improve the one that they already are running. You've been successfully running a business with your husband for over 30 years. You've got a successful podcast, you do workshops, and now you've got this book. So I am so excited to be able to feature you on the Coaching Through Chaos podcast. So thank you for being with me. Oh, thank you. I'm so delighted to be here. I'm looking forward to our conversation. In your book, you mentioned that growing up, your mom was the optimist and your dad was a pragmatic business owner. When building your business, what voice resonates with you more if there is one side or the other? Well, it's funny because I don't think it's possible for me to do anything without hearing both sides. But if you said to me, Luann, I've got a gun at your head, you have to pick one voice. <laughs> I would then have to say my mother's voice only because I'm always that same thing, no matter what the obstacle is, the challenge is, I ultimately believe that I can overcome it with 
you know, but then that's where I go right back to my dad's voice with the plan and the eyes wide open. So it's a tough call because I really, that is the biggest aha lesson of my life, I believe, is that optimism is great. Confidence is great, but it has to be backed up by knowledge and a plan and a willingness to execute it. So it's a tough answer, Colleen. (laughs) And a great balance when you put it into action, huh? When you can put those two sides of what you grew up with into action and probably helps along the way with the people that you are helping grow their businesses to teach them that. You know, I say it all the time, you know, confidence without a plan isn't going to work a plan without confidence. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you have to meld the both somewhere in there, but I do what serves me most authentically at the end of the day is the vision that if I plan it, if I like have the vision of it, then I can, you know, work to get to it. The optimism is always there. Yeah. You know, you talk about the importance of having a relationship with your personal banker in the book. And there's so many people out there that, just don't bother consulting with a banker when they start their business. They go, oh, what do I need? They might get a business consultant. They might have an accountant kind of tell them, hey, this is what you should look out for. But you really advocate for having a relationship with uh, with your local banker. Can you talk about what the importance of that would be for them? how that can enhance them getting started. I've watched it be a value to us in our business many times over the years. So for me, it's not like, oh, do you think this is a good idea? I'm not sure. It's like, I know it's a good idea. I've watched it in action. So it comes down to, like the example I gave in the book, where for three full weeks, I was depositing our daily checks that we were collecting from our clients into a defunct bank account. Like we had a a stack of deposit slips in the desk that was from a closed bank account of ours. I didn't realize that I had grabbed it from the wrong stack. They should have been thrown away. It was a simple, you know, negligent mistake on our part. But for three weeks, I'm making, you know, tens of thousands of dollars worth of deposits and it's going nowhere. And that morning the banker called and his words were, I know something must be wrong because I am coming in to find every day overdrafts on your account. (laughs) What's going on? Are you okay? And I'm like, what are you talking about? (laughs) And, and the end of the story was that he assured me that he had been letting them go. See, he had been letting them go through for a couple of days because he just kept thinking, Oh, she's going to put money in the bank. It's going (laughs) to be fine. Right. And then as it got to be the third or fourth day, it's like, okay, I better call her. Now, of course, this is before online banking, right? So online banking, you would see it every day. You would see that I put a deposit and it didn't show up. Right. Then we had to wait for the end of the month to get our statement in the mail. Yes. So, but I, I do have to share with you, I had a recent situation this past winter. Um, Now it is all online banking. And of course, I still have a relationship with my banker. I opened a brand new um, S Corp and separated my podcast and my coaching and my speaking platform off into its own business this year. And I went into my banker and I did not go to the same banker that Window Works, my primary business was at. I went where my personal account had been for many years. And it had been there for many years without me really knowing those bankers because it was my personal account. It didn't attach 
the same importance. But I walked in and I was like, this is who I am. This is what I'm planning to do. I would like to open up a business account. And he was like, oh, we could do this and that and the other thing online. I'm like, I want you to walk me through it, please. I want you to do all of this. Anything that you want me to do online, would you do it with me here online together? Oh, okay, sure. And then here's the funny thing, Colleen. I wasn't an official business, not four weeks when I had a problem with an online third-party payer who I will leave nameless out of this, where there was a $19,000 error on their part and they took $19,000 out of my bank account and had it hostage for two and a half full weeks. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Yes. And so I'm now making phone calls to a banker. And I'm going to tell you the truth. The first time I called him two days later, he hadn't called me back. And I walked in there and I said, I called you two days ago. He said, I didn't get the message. I said, you check your your voicemail. I said, this isn't going to work if you don't call me back. I said, because I'm only going to call you when I need you. But when I need you, I need you. And he just looked at me and I said, because this is brand new. I can move the money if it's going to be like that. And he was like, no, 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 no. What's the problem? How can I help you? Hearing that just like I felt my stomach turn when you said that amount. And I thought, Mike, (laughs) wow. And yeah. And time and time again, I have access to so many business owners through my networking here in town. And I hear stories like that all the time. And in fact, we have a personal banker in our group so that, you know, we all kind of get familiar with what do we need to know and, and the importance of having that relationship with a banker, but just because, you know, and that's a great lesson, just because we're used to doing things online now and it's convenient and we can feel like we have more control about these items that are happening, it's still great to have that person who is supposed to be there for you when these disasters come up that can just kind of intercept and do it way faster than doing anything online would happen. So that's a a really valid lesson. Right, because I could see what was happening every day online the way I couldn't 25 years ago, but I couldn't do anything about it. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So, you know, that's why I needed his intervention and his help. And the thing about it is, is I was like, well, look, I was kind, I was respectful, but I was very, very direct. I said, if I'm going to make a call and it's going to be two days later and you're not going to answer, we have a problem. Because my thing of it is, is I am his client. I am his customer. And if I'm going to have my money there, it is not a one-way street. It's not me giving you money and you just sitting here watching you know, YouTube all day at your desk. No, 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 no. This is me transacting for your services. And like I said, I'm not going to need your services on that level probably once every year. But when I need it, I need it. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, in another place where business owners can fall short, and this goes on in, I think, every area of business, is not having systems in place. And, you know, and you're really passionate about advocating for people to build systems into their businesses. You shared a story in the book about having a bad experience when you didn't have the systems in place. Can you tell us either that story or share, you know, why you're so passionate about that? I wish there was just one story about not having my systems in place that went bad. <laughs> so I figured you could pick from them. <laughs> you know, this is the thing. I say it all the time. It is not my nature. I'm not the spreadsheet girl. I'm not the detail-orientated girl. It is the furthest thing from my nature to even think about doing something the same way every day, 
you know, to duplicate it and replicate it. Okay. However, I have learned in 39 years in business that this is the saving grace. And this is what makes what I do a business. And what I always say, if you don't have a duplicatable process to what you do, you have a you, you don't have a business, right? Because if I'm the only person who knows how I exactly deliver my client experience in my business, then what is it? What if I'm out to Bermuda for three weeks? Nobody can deliver it the same way I do it. And the thing is the hard lessons come when the mistakes happen and you are sitting there and you've disappointed a client or you have disappointed an employee or you have cost yourself thousands, if not tens of thousands of dollars because you have not stuck to doing it the same way every time so that it can be relied on. And yes, I, you know, back in the beginning, honest to God, I mean, even to this day, back in the beginning, I was the one five times out of six out of the system. To this day, I'm going to be two times out of, out, of, out of 10 out of the system. But the point is, is that somebody like me, I had to work against my own nature in order to actually understand that it's the system that I want to fight so much and it's the process that I want to circumvent so much is exactly the thing that is going to yield my success. And if I just, I now me being not nature to it, I've had to do lots of workarounds. So my business, my primary business, Window Works, very complicated. Window treatments are very complicated. You can work five, six, seven hours on a single, you know, work order for a single client's, you know, home for their draperies. Mm -hmm. And I learned very early. I can't do that in the middle of the day when my business is open and the phones are ringing and people are talking and clients are coming in. I got to do that at like, I, I remember for years I would wait. Okay. So it's almost five o'clock. Everybody that works for me is going to be leaving soon. And now from five to 10 o'clock, I'm going to get my work done, <laughs> right? That kind of detailed work that my personality needs everything off the plate so that I can zone in. But that's what I try and tell people is first recognize the value of having that system and process because it's going to save you time, energy, and money. But if it's not your nature, you have to do workarounds so that you can execute it. Yeah. Always finding something that can help you get past these obstacles that you're going to have because there's going to be so many obstacles in running a business because even if you're really great at what you do, there's all that the business of running your business. Um, so the system's really great. Thank you for that. Yeah. When this episode comes out, I don't know where we're going to be. Hopefully our society will be some semblance of back to normal because this will come out uh, a little bit farther down the road. But as we record, there's probably somebody who is thinking about, well, maybe now is the time for me to just jump in and start that business that I always wanted to do. What advice would you give someone on what to do before they actually leave their office job to go start their dream business? The best thing to do is to get your ducks in a row before you go. I've actually interviewed several interior designers on my podcast that have intentionally done exactly what you're describing, Colleen, where they have prepared themselves for the launch of their business. So they have sat and like, so to use an interior designer, for example, they have prepared their contracts. They have prepared their welcome sequence. They have prepared their processes for creating a design plan. They've prepared how they're going to do their consult. And when I say prepare, I don't mean like I've thought about it while I've walked through the park, how I would eventually one day do a design 
fine presentation. It's like, no, they've actually built all the components. And if you have the luxury of planning the launch of your business, then I would do all of that. I would do all of my research. I would know what I needed to have in place because now you can hit the ground running. There was a woman recently on my podcast that said, you know, I've been in business. I've had my design firm for 15 years and now I'm going to take your course. We, we had a course that we launched and she said, and the reason I'm going to take your course is because I feel like I've been building the car as I've been driving it the whole mm-hmm. time. And if you can imagine that feeling, you know, just take yourself, if you're thinking about going into your own business at this point, think about you're going to start marketing and you're going to start to get clients. And is the car built? Are you just welcoming the client into your car and driving down the road? Or are you like trying to figure it all out while you're handling and managing the client? Because that will determine if that client refers you, if that client comes back to you, what their experience was with you. And if you haven't launched yet, then all day long, be prepared, get prepared for the launch. I definitely agree with you on that one. There's a lot of talk out there where people are like, oh, just start. But you've got to start with some kind of plan and have things in place to get going. So definitely agree with you on that part and think it's great advice. I like the car analogy a lot. (laughs) Well, and yeah, and to, you know, you make a good point though, too, is I would never want somebody to keep putting it off waiting for perfection, right? So there is that little, like, I'm actually ready and I'm just hesitating and I'm afraid. So you do have to have that little look in the mirror moment and know that you're ready and go ahead. And I like to set a date to it. So, you know, I'm going to do this by this date. And then if I'm two or three weeks out from that date, if I'm really, really, truly not ready, then maybe I'm going to push that date back for something that I'm doing. But if I'm just like, well, maybe I should just wait. Then it's like, come on, lady, look in the mirror. Go ahead. It's scary, but you could do it. (laughs) Right. The fine line between what is the obstacle you're overcoming? Are you just not planned or are you scared? So Exactly. Did you know that each time you enter Amazon to shop and you go in through my storefront at amazon.com slash shop slash Dr. Colleen Mullen. A small portion of everything you purchase for 24 hours goes to help support the cost of running this podcast. So go ahead, try it out. And while you're there, you'll also find some of my favorite self-care items along with the Coaching Through Chaos bookshelf where you'll find the books for every guest we've had along the way. Thanks so much for supporting the show. This goes back a long time now, because as we said in the beginning, you've been self-employed for over 30 years, which is just truly amazing. But Sometimes it's it's okay to go back and, and think about how life might have been. Do you ever think about how life might have gone had you not decided to leave, to follow your own voice and leave your, your old job? I don't dwell on it any longer, but I know darn well that it would just, I knew it then and I've never looked back. I knew it at that moment that, you know, you're talking about the story where I was at the health club and I was you know, 18 years old and they were offering me the assistant manager's position and telling me how I was the youngest person to ever be asked to be assistant manager and all this other (laughs) stuff. And, you know, my manager was going 
going to be, you know, she was 24 years old. And, you know, when you're 18 and somebody's 24, they may as well be 100, right? That's like, right. I just thought they, you know, looking at the, the manager was 26, the assistant was 24, and they were basically promoting the assistant to manager in a different location and me going to go as her assistant. So I was like, Oh, I'm with the big kids now. I'm I'm the, I'm the thing. You know, I'm the it girl, right? Oh yeah. In your head, you're probably running the company. <laughs> oh yeah. That, well, that was exactly Colleen. That's exactly how. By the time three hours after I got home, I knew I was quitting because I literally did that. I like I <laughs> in the, I left work that day, and here I am. I'm dreaming. I'm like, oh well, this is awesome, and you're going to move to that new location, and you're going to be the assistant manager, and then you know, then you're going to be the manager, and then yeah. then what are you going to be? Then what are you going to be? Cause like, that's it. Like there's like the, 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 the gym level and then the owner. And I'm like, and what exactly are you going to be then? I'm like, so you're going to be the youngest manager ever. And that's the highest top. That's that food chain right there. And I was like, you're an idiot. And if you're hitting the high of your career at 19, <laughs> you it. probably need a new career. <laughs> exactly. I was just like, you are and, and the thing was, it wasn't like I could say, oh, and from there, I want to build my own gym and I want to have my own business. I had no desire that. I was wrapped yes. up in, I, I got a promoted to that position because I sold, I sold memberships and that's what I do. And that's what my, my core being is. And my avocation is, is of a love, the study of the sales process and how you create a win-win for both you and for your prospective client. And mm-hmm. I came in and, and I just, you know, I just started selling memberships like there was no tomorrow. Nobody had done anything like that. It was like, you come in, that was the Jane Fonda days. I had the, the yeah. leg warmers on and the leotards <laughs> and I did six extra classes a day. You know what I'm saying? Yes. <laughs> but I just thought, I don't want to own a gym. And if I did, why would like, no. And I was like, you are on a dead end. You need to quit. And so I quit. <laughs> and that was the best thing you've done, huh? Exactly. Well, the best move that you made yeah. at that early stage in life, huh? Yeah, yeah. And you can hear in your voice, like in how you speak, that like you probably could just take over any department of sales and and sell things. Like, I don't know. And I say that as a compliment. <laughs> Some people hear that and they think that it's not a good thing. No, I say that I think it's great. Well, when you've studied it your whole life, that's a compliment. Thank you. <laughs> no, I hear it. And I'm like, oh, of course she's a great salesperson. Listen to her talk. I love that. And you just said that you could sell all these things and you looking for win-win situations for your customers. And in the book, you do talk about don't charge on your needs. You charge on your customers' needs. Tell us what you mean by that. I actually fight that in my own profession as well. So I'd love for you to share with the audience what you wrote about that. Well, what I mean by that is that your product or service has a value. You know what it is. You know what it is. And if you don't, then go Google it. <laughs> go Google mm-hmm. it. What does interior designers make an hour? What do therapists make an hour? What do bakers make an hour? You know, maybe they make a year. Like there is a going rate for what you do. And then of course, the more confidence and the more expertise and the more value that you add for the way you particularly do it, you can always add more money to charge for that service. But what happens is, and I've watched so many entrepreneurs, you know, you get yourself with your back against the wall. 
And maybe you're having a slow quarter or a slow month and you're saying to yourself, whoa, I've really got to bring some sales in. I've got to close some sales down. And now because you have a need to make payroll or to make uh, the, the rent payment or whatever it is, you lower your price so that you sure you close that deal. And what happens is that lowers your whole brand. It lowers everything. And so my thing is, is to remember in that moment that you're in between your own ears, that that prospective client has no idea that you need to make payroll. And if the following day you had a $50,000 sale and your payroll was $10,000, would you have dropped your price for that client then in that situation? And if the answer is no, then you are leaving money on the table every time you sell from the place of your need as opposed to the value you're delivering. And this is something that like, that I just wish that every business owner would would hear because like I said, I fight it in my own profession and people, you know, there's all different ranges of what people charge and you have to remember the value of what your product is and you sell it based on that. And, and that is so, I'm right, you're dealing with interior designers and window businesses, but there's everything. I mean, I just think of all the small businesses around and we may even, this may even speak to some people who are going to be listening at this time critically when you know, the economy is coming back together and things like that. And, you know, they still need to realize that people are out there that will spend the money on what you are giving them as value. It's so true because the truth of it is, is you just, the, the key for me is get out of your head, mm -hmm. right? Because even in, in God forbid this crisis that we are, you know, knee deep in, mm -hmm. there are businesses that are actually doing better directly because of the crisis. I mean, it's, it's just a simple fact. It's the, the, it's, there's no good or bad about it. There's no judgment, bad or negative, you know, good or negative about it. Look at zoom. I mean, come yeah, on. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. right? And so thank God zoom's there. Right. Okay. So, but you know, somebody owns zoom and somebody works for zoom and their jobs are secure. They're not in the situation like many of our companies are. And so if I have an opportunity and the guy that, or the woman that owns Zoom is now, you know, working from home and she can't stand or he can't stand, you know, their window treatments. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. I'll sell you some window treatments while you're at home. Or if you need coaching, because this is the time you're going to invest in your business. Yeah. Like I got to be out of my own head of need. I got to be in my head of value because somebody is out there ready to accept my value. Which leads me into like with all this confidence that comes across and how you speak about what you're passionate about here. You know, you did make a, a decision at some point in your life to be excellent. And you talked mm -hmm. about it in the book. How did you come to that decision? Because so many, I asked that because people just like not consulting the banker, just like not putting systems in place, just like, you know, jumping in without doing the planning and trying to put the car together on the way to the client appointment. You know, so many people just kind of go with things without kind of thinking them all through. And, and that includes like a self-awareness of what they're trying to bring to the world. And you decided to bring excellence. How'd you get there? 
some people probably need to understand how to tap into that for themselves. Well, of course, we are all a product of our entire upbringing. And I often credit my mother and my aunt in, in the upbringing of me and forming these ideals in me. But I would tell you, beyond all of the upbringing and all of the environmental things and all of that, for me, what it culminates in is if I decide to be excellent, then I feel personally that I have a measure of control over my life. It is truly up to me. I can bring 10% today and maybe I'll get through the day and maybe no one will notice. And maybe my coaching clients and my window treatment clients will all still be happy. But if I bring 110%, then if somebody's not happy, I can look in the mirror. But more than likely, if I bring 110%, I'm going to stack a happy client on top of a happy client. And that's going to create a successful business. And so it's, it's really just that measure of what do I want to look at at the end of my week, my month, my year, my decade, my career? Did I do my best? Because if I did my best, then I also, you know, know that I, just like that moment when I walked away from figure magic, I was like, this is not your best doing this, Luann. You've already mastered this. So yeah, you're going to learn a little systems about how to run an, a, you know, a small, you know, figure magic ladies workout place, but this is not your best. You can do better. And if you don't challenge yourself to do better, what, what's the point of all this? But when you do consistently challenge yourself to do better and not stay in the, the, the level that you're at, you don't get there by giving it 10% or 50%. You got to bring 110. So I'm just, I just love the, the peace I get that I'm just like, yeah, as long as I'm in charge of how much I bring every day and I decide to be excellent, the chips can fall. So many people need that. They need to kind of decide, what am I bringing to the table? And and even in this, right, we're in this weird space right now where people are getting to work in different ways. You still bring bring 100% to your job, you know, bring 100% to your life through this. Luann, I want to thank you for giving me the time, being here on the Coaching Through Chaos podcast. And I want to talk about what's next for you. You have so much going on. What's coming up next for you and where can everybody find you? Well, um, first you can find me at luannnigara.com. It's L-U-A-N-N. N-I-G-A-R-A.com. And there you find the podcasts and the books and the different events that I have. And, you know, what's coming ahead is just really continuing to lean into this whole idea of bringing a message out to people that it is, you do have a stake in it. And you do have, with the responsibility comes the freedom, right? With the responsibility of taking accountability for yourself comes that little peace of mind that, right, I, I can do this. I don't have, it's, I'm not dependent on someone else. I'm not relying on somebody else. Yes. You takes a village. I got a team that I, my goodness, I couldn't go out the front door without, <laughs> but the idea is that it is with you and your commitment to what you want to bring. And so for me, I'm just on that path, on that mission, whether it becomes through, I've got another book coming out in the fall of 2020. So that will be out in um, November. Um, I'm going to continue to pr produce my live events. I'm going to continue to do my one-on-one -on -one coaching. It's, it's just being out there and just 
mixing it all up with everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you mixed it up with me today. So thanks, Luann, for joining me on the show today. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Are you building your car while you're driving it? If you're like me, you've been in business a long time and there was a little bit of truth in that statement of that client that came to Luann for her assistance. So if you relate, maybe you wanna check Luann out. Maybe you wanna check out the book. You can go to luannnigara.com and see what she has to offer. So thanks so much again for joining me today. It is such a chaotic world. We are going to get through this chaos together. I feel like the world is shifting. It's changing. We need to be adaptable. And for those passionate people out there fighting for change, keep going. On my end here, I did find a blind spot when we're looking at all the uh, racial revolution that's going on. You know, I feel pretty good about being anti-racist until I looked at my roster of guests. So my pledge on this end is to bring you a much more diverse and colorful array of guests. It can be really good to discover a blind spot. I mean, that's what sometimes I spend my time doing with some of my clients. So I definitely like to admit when I find one. And so on that end, that's my pledge to you. Moving forward, Upcoming, we have a financial advisor. He's a personal friend of mine here in San Diego, and he is so good at predicting the market that he actually prevented his clients from going under in the collapse of 2007-2008. So if you are concerned about the market right now, your stocks, your investments, this is going to be an episode to definitely tune into. I'm going to start launching episodes every three weeks. I've got a new system in place. You know, you heard Luann talk about systems. I had to revamp. I had to get new systems in place. And I have them. And so that means we all get to go on this journey a little bit more timely. I'm going to do this every three weeks. And I look forward to having you join me on this journey. Now, if you don't want to wait three weeks, you can just connect with me on the socials. I am at Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Dr. Colleen Mullen. I definitely am on Instagram a lot more than the others. So say hi to me over there if you like. All right. Last but not least, I want to say thank you to my editor, Steve Corsio at podcastmanfield.com. If you are looking to launch a podcast and you need an editor who's got some real professional radio experience behind him, Steve's your guy. So go check him out. In the meantime, like I said before, we are going to get through this together. Please be taking care of yourself. All right, we'll do this again soon.